Kuzumon Senpai in my DeLorean. War's over, I'm a piece of Mandalorian. The story is dumb. Star Wars historians deep in the debate, but they play at Benegans. Gentlemen, it is myself, the one, the only Kelvin Tiberius, spending out our information on the Galactic Colonnet. I am joined by Scott, Mr. Froggies, Williams, and Greg, Joy and Vengeance, Duncan. It's the one, the only Scum and Villainy podcast broadcasting to you. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing fantastic tonight, Richard. Uh, ready to definitely dig into some exciting new content, some spoilers, if you will, for the uh, new transport pack coming up. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I'm totally excited, although I think we can't call it transport anymore. It's, it's Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron, not the Rebel Transport, maybe yeah. because of the outstanding X-Wing pilots we've been given? Yeah, these are these are the pilots we've been waiting for for, for X-Wings. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about them. Yeah, they got the uh, they got the obligatory big movie guys out of the way. We're seeing a couple more of the, uh, I guess the B. I, they're almost C listers at that point because some of those rebel pilots at the end of the uh, episode four are pretty much B listers for the movie. So those guys come in kind of behind them. They got their obligatory guys out of the way. The uh, the wedge is in there. Luke is obviously in there. Big main characters. Now we get to see some of the more interesting pilots. See daylight. Well, if we've got the Rebels, why don't we dig into uh, the specifics of them? Uh, We're going to go highest pilot skill to lowest because every single one of these has their own uses and is kind of awesome. I'm going to go ahead and start with Scott since he is Mr. Indal B.L. Rebels, and Greg, you are nothing but the evil enemy. Uh, God, I I have a confession to make, actually, and I I hate to admit this out in the open, but my dirty little secret is I've flown very, very well with Rebels at the last two store championships I've played. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I, I don't think you want... Uh, this is the closest you've ever come to treason in your entire life. It really is, and I, you know, my friend bought me a poster at a recent Comic-Con, and I almost feel bad for owning it, because I've been playing the Rebels. Is that going to give you bad luck? It, is it might make me lose sleep. I don't know about the luck, but I might lose sleep over it. You know, Suntir joined the Rebellion. Oh, uh, well, you know. <laughs> I guess that makes me feel a little bit better. Thank you, Scott. Well, there here's the problem. is Suntir did join the Rebellion, but he did not serve under a someone known as a General Wedge Antilles. We're going to defer to our Wedge Antilles. Scott Williams, Mr. Rebel, how do you feel about Wes... Jansen, I I like Wes. I, I think I think he's pretty awesome. Um, he's just so people know his his ability is after you perform an attack, you may remove a focus, evade, or target lock token from the defender. Um, I see him doing some really great things, like defending defending your other guys from missile attacks. Which would be awesome, you know, if they if you strip a target lock off of somebody who's about to unload a, a advanced proton torpedo on one of your guys. That's that's going to save the day. Uh, or you know, you got a ship that you really want to hit with one of your shots. You know, you're stripping their their tokens so you can get in more damage. I I, I think he's his ability is really interesting. Yeah, I have to agree with you, and I, I think what I like most about this card 
is that it sort of embodies the versatility of the X-Wing. You, you hit on that a little bit there, Scott. He can shut down your missiles. He can also take the option of, depending on how you outfit him squad-wise with his friends, if there's opportunist involved in this squad, the fact that he strips tokens, he now gives you with your guys with opportunist, which I believe has been spoiled as well. It's part of the Aces pack, which actually I don't even believe is a spoiler. Didn't it come out today or tomorrow? Yeah, it came uh, out today. Yeah. So Opportunist gives you an extra attack dice if you fire on a target that is without an evade, correct? Or without an evade or focus? Out of focus. Yeah, okay, without a focus. So if he can strip that target away, or that focus away with his token stripping ability, it's actually really powerful with squad mates. Excellent versatile move. You don't feel so bad spending the points on him when he's that usable. Yeah, you can really you can get very good specific uses out of him in your squad and then he's also good for those those situations that come up in games where you're where you know someone's like running a bomber build and they're they're gonna throw a lot of ordnance at you West protecting does, them. Does not just seem like the most end all be all beginning of an alpha strike you've ever seen. Oh yeah, he's he totally seems like that. If you hit soon tier fell, you can suddenly because of course we all know that everything I design now is designed to kill soon tier because <laughs> I will always have your traumatic the, experience. I have I have been shocked. I hate everything about soon tier fell. I hope I hope that like every card is burned just on accident <laughs> in some sort of spontaneous combustion and the files are deleted. Um, but West seems like a great beginning to just taking somebody out. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't have to hit with the attack. You just, as long as he's making an attack, you're removing an evade or, you know, focus or t target lock, you know, no matter what. Exactly. Which is great, too, because let's think about the X-Wing and its maneuverability, guys, is we've got something that can 4K turn, nice maneuver to keep people in your arc turn to turn. Sometimes you're sad because you lost an action, but with Wes Jensen, you know you're always going to cause someone cost someone an action as well. So it doesn't, again, it doesn't hurt to have him in a lot of ways. You know, sometimes I feel like Wedge is kind of one-dimensional at that same point cost. I think you did say it with uh, Opportunist. I think that there is a real question you have to ask yourself if Wes Jansen is firing shots in your squad. Is 23 points for a green squadron legitimately worth the two points more than you would be spending than a rookie, or the one point more that you would be spending over a blue squadron? And that's a legitimate question you need to ask yourself, and I don't know the answer yet. But I know that's a question that we need to be asking. You know, it's a good point. His ability almost empowers other ships to shine, especially with opportunists coming out. Yeah. They can't spin the squad. The point, can't they? The, the A-Wing's got the great dial. Uh, you get, you're get you going on PS3, so you're, you're ahead of a blue or a rookie. You're now throwing three dice, just like them. Uh, it, it's, you know, yeah, you get a stress, but... With an A-Wings, got eight green moves. You don't care about stress that much. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, who cares about stress? Every, every, every movement's green. Is opportunist uh, range three use? It's a whatever use. It's you all take ranges. You stress, you okay. get an extra, you get an extra attack dice. That's right, that's right. 
if they cannot spin tokens, which West would then solve by accident. Yes, exactly. I yeah, I love that combo. You know, the funny thing is, is that I'm hearing that this is like the least sexy combo, or at least the least sexy ship, in uh, in this entire expansion. Well, yeah, for sure, there'll be some real beauties. Um, I mean, if you guys want to talk about some of the others, I think we've this is the worst one they're West. saying. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll we'll go on down. Oh, you know, I was going to say we're going to go on. Yeah, Porkins is seven, isn't he? If they they display this properly. Porkins is pilot skill seven, and when you receive a stress token, you may remove it and roll one attack die on a hit result deal one face down damage card to the ship. There has never been a more awesome pilot ability than Jack Porkins. Scott, your thoughts? I, I, this is perfect with his droid. Uh, <laughs> it's the best it, thing. Jack, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I, I, love, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. And his, his droid is R5-D8, and that lets you um, heal face-down damage uh, for an action. You roll a die, and you might, you, might, you might heal it. So it's just like he's built to push the limit and have this droid, and, you know, I think he's a, a fun risk-taker uh, ship for the, for the X-Wing because you can yeah. do a K-turn um, and eat the stress, and you may or you got a fifty-fifty shot of whether or not you take damage or not. This is you not know. even considering push the limit, which and then you can push the limit afterwards and remove <laughs> yes. the stress again. You know, you could, you know, late game potentially you could do some things that just set you up where they just can't they can't get you. To could you could push the limit every turn and K turn. Yeah. Or could you yeah. K turn every turn? You could K-turn every turn. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's That's risky. Ridiculous. It's but risky. Still, but what what a crazy maneuver. No one can do that. Yes, and that that makes him kind of awesome. And let's it's, let's talk about that dice roll too. You're you're at a better chance to roll a focus or an evade on that defense die to repair yourself than you are to hurt yourself with his ability. Uh, actually, it's even. It's even because uh, you have three um, hits. Uh, I thought someone said it was nine out of sixty-four dice. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you, you only choose... have three hits, and you have what is it? Only three blanks. So on, yeah. a, hit re- on a hit result, you t- you deal yourself a damage, and then if you have the action to repair yourself, then you repair yourself on focus or evade. Focus or evade. Yeah, it's a much better chance. So there's there's a 9 in 64 chance of taking damage if you have um, that, if you were able to use that droid. Yeah. With Jack Porkins. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's really fun. It's really flavorful. It it really, it kind of goes with him in, in the movie just, you know, trying to push it, and he just pushed it too far in the movie. But, like, in gameplay, this... He's going to be fun. He's going to be a lot of fun. He also happens to have one of the most awesome pictures in the game for a card, too. He's 
he's getting shot at from the backside, and there's explosions in the background, and it seems like he's moving in slow motion, which makes <laughs> everything more awesome. Yeah. Seems like he's moving in slow motion from his yeah. still frame image. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Greg, how do you feel about Jack? Do you got any uh, certain insight in him? My biggest complication with Jack Porkins is that he seems like a really dangerous point hole. He seems like a really, really, really easily killed pilot that can become a hole for points to fall into. I'm curious how he plays on the table. He sounds really fun, but he's one of those guys that I can see sounding a whole lot better than he ever practically plays out to be. I have a thought for him, and... You guys tell me what you think, but uh, is this not the most natural fit for whole upgrade in the entire game? I agree with that, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, whole upgrade makes a lot of sense with him. Gives you one more opportunity to take a face-down damage card, and mm-hmm. it gives you one more opportunity to heal a damage with you, that droid, if you take them, which with Jack you should always in every way take him. Um, of course, in the next situation where I'm proven wrong with that droid, but until then, let's go ahead and just be safe. Um, but uh, it's him or basic R2 unit. Yeah, yeah, to, to shed stress. Yeah. Now, I, I I think that the R2 unit actually works almost better on a couple of the other pilots, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, it, there's push-to-limit options. I really like that R2 unit with push-to-limit, but I, I'm yeah. excited for that unit and push-to-limit coming with Wave 4 stuff, and, yeah, we're, we're not getting into that, unfortunately. Here's the disgusting part, is that uh, if, okay, disgusting's the wrong word, because I tend to be neutral when it comes to Rebels, Imperials, I just want to be better, um... But uh, you two tend to favor a side, despite the fact that Greg is slowly but surely having his soul sucked from him, and is slowly becoming a terrorist. Um. Well, okay, on that note, it's it's kind of not my fault, if, if you want to talk about my opinions on how things are skewing. I feel a little bit jilted with some of these guys, as far as their options, that the uh, Rebels have that the Imperials can't possibly hope to have at this point. The stress removal I find frustrating. There's there's a lot of ways to deal with or frustrate or counter interceptors. And my biggest problem with these guys being able to clear their stresses and then rip away tokens, the interceptor was already kind of not played enough at this point, so now we're going to get Imperial Aces hoping to get its play level up a little bit higher, but at the same time they just shot it in the face before it ever even came out of the womb, <laughs> basically just <laughs> killed it before it was ever allowed to see the light of day. Oh man! With stress removing X-wing madness, it just seems like every single time that they make a card, it just so happens to also counter the push limit intercept. Yeah, it, it really seems does. like FFG is more scared of this ship than um, any other ship. It's like they watched nothing but theorists fly the Interceptor and no one else. It's it's like, oh, okay, this is the only time we've ever seen the Interceptor and it was awesome. Maybe we should just counter the hell out of it. I don't know. I don't... I. I don't think the interceptors as as destroyed as as you guys are making it out to be. You can um, still be very good with it. 
Let's let's be fair though. We haven't even gotten into some of the other like what is it? The Fletchet missiles we've talked about. Ugh. And the tar- Fletchet yes. torpedoes. Oh. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about yep. that. So the Fletchet torpedo, you um, you roll your. You don't even have to hit with the attack to to cause a stress. You 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 do it. You um, but I think. Don't you take a stress when you? Is it? Nope. Is it both ways or just a? Nope. It's only okay. if the target's hull value is four or lower that it takes the stress. But it's a stress okay. given away and a three dice attack for two points. Now, granted, three mm-hmm. dice attack is nothing exciting, but with the stress comboed onto it is really nice for yes. uh, those lovely can't come in at anything higher than four hull uh, interceptors. So. Torpedoes, I, I think, are the the Fletchet torpedoes are good for either side, so it's not really it's not really doing anything specifically to either either faction. You know, the bombers you can load up a couple of those on your bombers now, and now that you your bombers have because sometimes their their two dice attack is just not enough. So having that a couple torpedoes where you can stress them out. It's, Plus, you can put, I, I you know, Mister Reroll I, in there, and exactly. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's I think it's good for them. Um, it's the droid that I was wanting to talk about. The um, yeah, yeah. We've we should we should we talk about that now? I mean, I've got no problem because the droids are the most incredible thing about the article. They're not just about X wings. It's also about Y wings, and Y wings get love, and that's. Awesome. Horton Psalm. Horton yes. Psalm and his beautiful mustache. It's time. Yeah, let's yep. let's before we get too tangential, go ahead and cover this other droid. Yes. <laughs> what is it? R three A two, when you declare the target of your attack, if the defender is inside your firing arc, you may receive a stress token to cause the defender to receive a stress token. I believe this is what you were talking about, Scott. Yes, yes. I think it's very awesome. Uh, For an X-Wing, too, especially chasing a to- uh, an Imperial ship that needs to go at least two squares, right? Like, no matter what. This card, to me, is the Rebel version of the Rebel Captive. I think it's better. Uh, um, it's it's nice because you're giving... You're, you're specifying who the target is, but Rebel Captive... Is really nice because it's always going to be, it, it's generally going to be the highest pilot skill guy shooting at you, or, or they're not shooting at you and shooting at something else and splitting their fire. So rebel captive is doing different things, uh, but I, I think they're they're a similar comparison uh, in terms of of power, and I don't think rebel captive has killed the interceptor. So I don't think this R2 is going to kill the Interceptor either. I think you're right, because the Interceptor has such a good green dial that it can just deal with it. But it's a really good card for two points. It is is a a card you have to deal with. It is is better than Rebel, Rebel Captive. I will say it right now. I consider this card to be better than Rebel Captive. I consider it most dangerous, too, because, yeah, while the Interceptor does have great greens, 
it really only takes one turn without actions to kill a TIE Interceptor. And that's you can so double stress so it with this mechanic. Yes, you can you take can. one that's pushed to the limit and then just go ahead and pop a stress on it. And that pilot, other than hoping to escape arc, which is pretty good at it, doesn't really have any control over the stress mechanic like you do in Rebel Captives. So I think, again, like you said, Scott, that element of you being in control of it makes it that much more powerful. And it comes in at a point cheaper. Yes, but they're also stressing to do that. If you're behind your target, you can double stress yourself and then just take a one forward while they can't shoot you, unless it's a fire spray. Yeah. Or uh, another rim smuggler. It's... Yeah, I, I, that, I mean, uh, it, that, that, sounds, I, that sounds better to me than the Rebel Captive do, does, because to, to get Rebel Captive, you have to get shot. So when you see this on the, on, on the opposite side, if you're playing the Imperial guys, you see, you see that, that card on the table that's going to be a priority target for you. You're going to be going after it. You're going to want to um, kill it and get away from it. You're going to have to stay away from it, too. You're going to have to fly really well yep, absolutely. To, to, to deal with it. You know, if you have Suntir or Turfanir, you're going to be able to get out of Ark, and that's how you're going to beat it. And that's where and that's where it's better, or that's where I think Rebel Captive is better, because it's like you can't, if you're attacking... You just take it. You can't. You can't avoid. But you can avoid being in this guy's arc. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's going to require good piloting. As far as a location to put destroyed, am I wrong to consider that you should put it on your least important ship because it would cause that enemy to want to fire at your least important ship? Oh no! If that's, I mean, if it, on, think about that on on a gold squadron, you have this card, and this card is what designed to do one thing: stress the enemy target. Like it doesn't it doesn't even care if it does damage; it stresses the enemy target. It would be a gigantic pain for whatever it had its arc in, and would also cause it to get shot more, even though it was the least important target. Yeah. I think that's a great way to use it. You know, put it on a, a, a gold squadron pilot, give him an ion cannon and, and this and this stress droid. Oh, you, whoa! I didn't even think about that. And and you're you're locking ships down. <laughs> that's that's just you got to do it. It's like you you lock <laughs> ships down. You can only take greens, or you can't take actions. Yeah. And you can't K-turn. Holy cow. With an ion cannon? Holy cow. Oh. I didn't even think about that. This has got to be... This is the second, I believe, or the third podcast in a row that you've blown my mind. <laughs> it's probably the third, honestly. I mean, yeah, he's like, got a no good No joke. Holy cow. That's a good, that's a good combo. Yep. Yeah. And, and like you said, that's a cheap ship. That's, That's not cheap. expensive. That it's is not expensive points. at all to do a really good job it's of locking something down. 25 points with that Astromech. That's nothing. I mean, yeah, fine. That's you a kill quarter, that that's 25. That's a quarter of your list to absolutely lock down a target. Yep. And Holy you better, cow. You know that they're going to go for it. 
and they have to go for it. You do not want to see that list last. You do not want to see that ship. That ship will take you. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll just oh, and I mean against B wings, it's just oh man. Yeah, against B wings, no joke. You just you yeah. get walked off. You're like you're going nowhere. There's nowhere you can go on a B wing. Yeah, and it's going to be so hard for you to not get ioned. I kind of like the idea that Y-Wings are becoming more popular because of B-Wings, because Y-Wings need to be more popular because they're awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. Y-Wings are a very... They're a fun ship to fly, honestly. You can have a whole lot of fun with them. There's a lot of ways to build them, because they come in at the wee, nice, low 18-point cost. You don't feel too bad about throwing some upgrades on them. They're also tough. They tend to live about two rounds under focus at, you know, decently controlled ranges with a couple of greens, you know. I mean, you can survive two rounds. So, they're, they're a fun ship to fly. Uh, engine upgrade on them is a blast. Ion cannons, yeah. we all love on them. And, again, another thing that's going to make them better, Fletcher torpedoes on the Y-Wings. Going to be more interesting. Really, really cheap. cheap. Yeah. Good, varied Y-Wings. Range 3. What do you do Fletcher. at range three? Oh, you fire you fire three dice at something that normally would have extra agility but doesn't, and you happen to have an extra attack dice. It is nothing. But and a you game start for your the stress mechanic. So if you do have that ion cannon, R two. They're perfect for your ion cannon. It's incredible. The Y wing. Ion Cannon Fletchet Torpedo mix is going to make the Y-Wings a, a the biggest pain in the ass ship that has ever existed for the cheapest amount we of should, uh, We should finish up the, uh, the X-Wings because the next two are, are some of my favorite ones, actually. They actually couple in regards to the next, sh the next droid, which is when your upgrade bar for one point gains the elite pilot talent action. And so long as, as, as the uh, pilot is two or higher, they can gain an elite pilot talent, which means that now any X-Wing and any Y-Wing and any E-Wing above pilot skill three can have an elite pilot It's also pilot important talent. to note that you can't double up on elite pilot talent with this card. Yes, I think that was a good call. Very good call. It, it's very expensive to do it, but if it's worth it, it's worth it. Uh, well, now Horton can can pick up some some elite pilot talent. You know, I'm going to barrel roll him at some point. And right back to Y wings. <laughs> is that is that your uh, best guess? Because I want to know right now. No. Because he's no. my favorite pilot. He is absolutely my favorite pilot. What is your best? I don't guess know if there's him? the. I don't know if there is the a good, I don't know if we found the right elite pilot talent yet for him. Uh, push the limit on a Y wing. That's the best I they've can only think got, of. They've only got two green. They become extremely predictable after that. So I, I'm not I'm not liking push the limit for for the Y wing. And he's um, already got like built-in target lock. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's it's not I'm not sure there yet. When we see what like wingman and decoy or I know, can see some of push these, or, the limit if you have engine, but we're suddenly spending a lot of points on him. Yeah, exactly. So I I'm not sure we have the right uh, the right 
uh, elite pilot talent. You know to go that there's that something good for there. Dutch, though. Oh yeah, Dutch pushes Dutch push the limit sounds awesome. Push the limit um, engine for him sounds great because him surviving longer for target locks sounds awesome. Yeah, but I'm just gonna put that droid that the R7T1 on. Him. Yeah, it'd be better. because yeah. that's it, the best you know. thing that ever happened to Dutch. Yeah, I mean that's like it's like his bread and butter right there. Well, the reason I mentioned that droid was because these last um, two do not have elite pilot talents, but seem as if that if you put that droid there, there would be interesting options. Um, yes. Let's start with Hobby Clivian. Hobby Clivian's pilot skill five. He and when you acquire, acquire or spend a target lock, you may remove one stress token from your ship. That's incredible. Which means this guy, without any help, can target lock K-turn every single turn if he wants to. So you mentioned the droid in tandem with this guy as well, so we have to talk about push the limit yes, with this individual because he's capable of clearing the stress every single round that he goes ahead and uses and that target lock. Or acquires also interesting to note with the Y-Wing, <coughs> Dutch Vander giving out target locks at a higher pilot skill than him. Yeah. He would move, use push to limit, uh, do whatever he wanted to do, maybe give him another action. And, and what does Dutch do? You know, and Dutch hands out the target lock, so he gets to acquire one and clears his stress before the next round, meaning that he can push to limit and then K-turn, or K-turn and then have Dutch hand out a target lock and K-turn again. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. Yep. It's it's pretty awesome. He can also do that K-turn mechanic in the middle of his turn, too, though, as long as he just spends a target lock during his turn. Yeah. It's 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 great. He, I actually wonder about him with the, the other, with R5, uh, acquire, like reacquiring a lock after... Yeah, that, you see, that suddenly that becomes a legitimate question because it just works for him. Just like it seemed to just work for work for Dutch, I don't know the numbers, but I mean that might actually be something that someone needs to tell us because I need to know that math. I, please, someone with math. Um, there was, a, I believe, Major Juggler said that he would uh, look up uh, math answers for us. So um, if you're going to be our Bill Nye the Science Guy, or if uh, I know Robert's really smart about that because Robert's told me everything I need to know about math on X-Wing. If one, of, if somebody knows, please tell us because we're just not good at math and you are better than us, Internet. So, HoloNet, the, galact the entire galaxy needs to know math. Someone please tell us what we need to know. All right, so last one, Tarn Missin'. Um, when an enemy ship declares you as the target of an attack, you may acquire a target lock on that ship. How about that? I'll say that he does a very good job, particularly against things that would be of higher pilot skill, because you can go ahead and take your focus action and just throw that awesome, tasty little Tarn missing target out there and let people shoot at him. He can maybe use his focus to defend himself turn around, pick up a target lock, and shoot right back in the face of the higher pilot skill thing that just tried to kill him. Kind of a fun mechanic. I, I, I really like him. I think he's going to be one of my my favorite X-Wing 
pilots. I think he's going to fit into a bunch of different lists. Just he's cheap. He's twenty three points. He's going to be ahead of the B wing or you know the the Blues and the rookies. He's got this nice ability that's very you know useful. You don't need to um, load him up with a bunch of stuff. And, and he'll he be works good. on the zone. Yeah, it, it's he's he's just a nice. It's just a good X-wing pilot. It's and, and for cheap. Would you rather which, have uh, a him or a red? I mean, really. I take him over a red yeah, any day too. of the week. Any day yeah. of the week. Yeah, you lose you lose the pilot the pilot skill, but but you get this uh, you get this ability where you're doubling up. You know, focus target lock. Yep. I'd say one pilot skill is worth focus target lock on three dice. Unquestionably. Yeah. Because yeah. you may not need to spend that focus to defend yourself. You yeah. could just eat it or take I mean, maybe you get a good dice roll. You do have two agility. It's not, you know, the hardest yeah. thing to roll a couple of evades out of it. So it, it can work out very advantageously for you. Um, again, particularly against things a higher pilot skill, but against anything that shoots at him, it's going to be good. Yep. Tarn is, uh, I think, one of the better late game ships than we've seen in the, in a while. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. He's a great late game guy because you're. He's always going to be targeted if he's your last ship. You're always going to target lock. Yeah, he sort of has that same advanced sensors mechanic where it's you're in that in game dogfight. Even if you K turn, you're always going to have some kind of action stacked up. Or at least you have the option to, because you get that out of turn target. You get any out of turn action is strong in this game, and coming in at twenty three points for it, uh, I'm not going to be sad about it. Yeah, he's solid. <sighs> These rebels are getting so much cheaper with so much cheaper ordnance. Is it crazy, or is it uh, is it just becoming more and more rebel biased? I I think come you know regionals will start. We'll start seeing some uh, a lot more of these guys. Yeah, uh, it's uh, regionals have been announced, and I originally saw fifteen locations. Um, they're only going to be fifteen to what I thought was sixteen buys to the national, or, or it's not nationals. It's the world's championship will only have fifteen from the United States and every national champion. I mean, that's not a lot. Yeah, there's 16, actually. Um, okay, so so you were going to say something about that. Yes. Uh, Region 1 had, when they first posted it, uh, had just one, uh, one regional listed. Then a bunch of us said, hey, what about don't us? we get two? <laughs> don't we get two? And then... There was a second one, so I don't know if it was because we talked to them about it or they just forgot that they uh, about it and they put it up there. But in either case, it kind of uh, where they're located. There's no way I'm making it to either of the regionals, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I, I'm I knew that their their selection process was going to be tricky. I just wish there was a little more. Um, openness about how they pick stores. Yeah, I, I wish I knew how they pick stores. Like, I'm not upset in our regional that Omaha got it because they did a very good job and I'd rather it be I'd rather it be us or them. But boy, like I wish I knew how 
how that was selected and why. Yeah, I mean, in, in my area, the, the two are located in Spokane and Boise. And, you know, that Seattle, both Seattle and Portland are bigger cities than either of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, we know that in Kansas City to Omaha, but, man, do they have a good uh, X-Wing following. And I'll be honest... I, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter the size of the city because that tournament that we went to in Omaha was probably one of the best-run tournaments I've uh, been to. Yeah, of course that we managed to go to probably the maybe four or five best uh, tournaments in the United States for regionals. Hooray! Yeah, I'm not going to be sad about that. The tournament was very well-run, very well-organized, and uh, Sean Dorsey, who I believe we've talked about maybe getting on the show sometime here, is just yeah. a fantastic tournament operator. He did a really good job with it. The rounds were quick. We got four rounds in, and I think it maybe took five hours. Yeah, we, we got home by 10.30. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, it was like five, five and a half hours. There was almost no downtime. And, and we got home that late driving two and two hours and 30 minutes, and one of us was in finals. So it was really five games. It, it was incredibly well done. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, it would be fun to talk to Sean. We're almost finished with the uh, tournament season, and I don't like bringing this up because I'm not going to be the laughing one at the end, but um, <laughs> we're going to go in the order that I know. Um, Greg, uh, how are you doing this tournament season? Well, I got a bad start at our local tournament at Game Cafe here in Kansas City. He's technically, I guess, in Independence, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, I went 2-2, two and two, I guess not the worst, but I definitely didn't break the finals and knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, lost my first game and just didn't play all that great that day. Me a river. Um, yeah, you say that. However, the <laughs> next two store championships I went to, I've gone three and one during regular in Omaha, playing against very good players. I went three and one on my first three. Um, lost to a swarm. Uh, was surprised by that. And then uh, broke for finals for top eight and got eliminated. I think, what did I end up placing in that sixth? Out of the 34 or 36 players that were there? Somewhere out yeah, there. Yeah, that's a you good were, turnout. Yeah, it was a very good turnout. They did a good job. So, and then here, just this last couple of days ago, uh, actually yesterday, wow, a couple of days, X-Wing breaks your brain sometimes, um, ended up placing third or fourth out of the 20-some-odd that ended up being there, broke for the top four and got eliminated again right at, right off the bat. I'm running into the wall as far as that's concerned, but I'm 8-5 and five overall. So I'm playing well and playing the Dirty Rebels. What I've been flying is a... Uh, one week I flew an ORS with Millennium Falcon and Gunner and three B-Wings, Blue Squadrons, to support it. It's 99 points. Got a couple initiative in on 100-point list. Good blocking, good attacks. I got a couple of lucky blinded pilots on one game where I was firing against somebody else's simultaneous fire twos with my B-Wings. So that worked out well. Uh, this Yesterday I ran a very similar variation, except you I dropped Falcon yeah. and put Luke. I dropped Falcon and put Luke on the ORS, and it was a lot of fun. I, I think I prefer the Evade. I use it more frequently than I use the secondary attack turn focus into a hit from Luke Skywalker as a crew member. Mm-hmm. 
So there, there was that. Uh, but yeah, I've been enjoying the list immensely, and it's been performing well for me. It basically leans on people until they're dead. Uh, it's got a lot of hit points. It's really just a fat list of you and I bits. share the same ideal, only do it differently. I have been. Uh, I, I'm eight and four in the tournament season. I got one top four in Kansas City, and I've been flying recently. Uh, slap fight which is my favorite squad I've ever flown for the ever in the eternity because it's the most annoying squad you could ever fly. And it's four A-wings, the Anatarim Smuggler and Gunner. And uh, it's like there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do that's more annoying to your opponent. And um, I've been doing well with that. Um, but... Uh, I've yet to win a store championship, and Greg has yet to win a store championship. And like, uh, like of course, because good things happen to good people. Um, <laughs> Scott, how are you doing? Oh, let's see. Hmm. Oh yeah, I won. I won a store championship. Oh, oh no. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I've been to two so far. Uh, first one was at Dice Age Games. And they uh, that that was uh, run really well. Uh, there was thirteen players, so not the same level of turnout as your guys in Omaha and Kansas City. Yeah, lucky you. Uh, Still, I won't belittle your yeah. victory. No, because yeah, I went. You have a buy, and I don't, and I'm really sad about that. Yep. So the first one, I, I went. I went four zero. I I played Chewy. Uh, Biggs and Garvin, and Chewie had Gunner and Expert Handling, and yeah, that that was that was a fun build. That's a lot. That and sounds it, a lot of fun. I do not yeah. want to play that build because I do not know who to kill. Yeah, have, I mean it's, it's Biggs, but that's only on accident. Yeah, it's you. You get Biggs first, and then afterwards it's tricky. It, you know, you. Garvin's supporting Chewie with the focus passing. It's really, it's really nice. Yeah, uh, it, it gets annoying. So you want to kill him, but you don't want to leave Chewie for last. So it's 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 fun. It's a it's a good build. Um, then I played um, last yesterday at uh, Rainy Day Games, and I totally lost the first round. I I I played, and that's the worst uh, round to lose. I mean, that's the thing about. That's the thing about Swiss is like everybody says, don't lose the first round. Yep. Yeah. So I came in third. There's there was only twelve players, so it wasn't you know it's not wasn't a huge success, but you know I I, I won my last three games and and that was good. Uh, in that list, I played Chewy. He was a little more decked out and uh, with expert handling, uh, Gunner. Uh, anti-pursuit lasers, and then there was and Nian Nub, and then I had a couple blue squadron pilots with a uh, fire control system, and it, you know it it didn't you know that that list I didn't play as well. I had some bonehead moves that I did and and kind of messed myself up early, but you know I still managed to get 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 wins, so that was good. Well, thank God that somebody is winning for our squad because we, yep. Greg and I, cannot just punch through like 
one of us has been in, in the bracket for every single tournament, and we have not punched through. And thank God you are carrying us, Scott. Yep, carrying well, us with your X-wing reputation for sure. <laughs> uh, I'll have to try. And the, there's one more tournament, and that one should be that one should be a lot bigger because I, I know people coming down from Seattle. Um, to do it and and up from Salem, so we should have a good turnout at um, the, the next one at Guardian. At, yeah, Guardian Games. Yeah, Richard and I have one more chance ourselves here in Kansas City at uh, Collector's Cash. So it should be interesting. Well, one one of the things about uh, tournament season that we're gonna have to. It's either we're going to have to deal with it or we're going to ignore it and get run over. Aces is likely going to be legal for regionals. Um, and we've got some Aces squads that we've been uh, interested in. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, we talked about Aces pilots before, and uh, I personally was excited about Carner Jacks, but for this week I didn't want to continue my rantings and my ravings and my madman's excitement over Carner Jacks. Oh, you like Carner Jacks? Yeah, exactly. It's a huge shock know. to everyone. Huh. Wow, that's... Uh, <laughs> everyone that knows me is completely surprised by this turn of events. Um, but no, I instead this week decided I wanted to talk about a squad that was aces but did not involve Carner Jacks. Um, I pulled this squad from TeamCovenant.com uh, from a user named Dodo. He posted it in response to uh, episode two here. And the squad is as follows. It is Jendon in the Lambda shuttle with advanced sensors, engine upgrade, the ST321 title, weapons engineer crew member, and gunner crew member. In addition to this, it also has two royal guards Ooh. with PTL and hull. They do have the Royal Guard. They do not have the Royal Guard title, and so no second modification. But, but a, that's a real question at that point, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this, because everybody's flying at pilot skill 6, which is fairly high. A lot of people aren't flying at pilot skill 6, so they'll likely fly late and be able to do excellent arc avoidal, avoidance. Um, Jendon, very early, the key here, and ST321 plays a very big part in this. You have to be able to target lock early with Jendon, so you can immediately hand out target locks to your interceptor pilots. Then you send them out to do your bidding on the map and do their arc avoidance, because that range one with Jendon has to happen early with the target lock. Because if it's not, then those interceptors are going to be caught in an arc. They're going to be caught in an arc because they're going to be flying in formation. You just don't like to do that with interceptors. They can turtle up, yeah. but it's still my least favorite thing to do with an interceptor every, ever. So ST321's crucial in there. You immediately get the ability to do it. You would have to stagger your interceptors in their departure from Jendon because of the fact that he can only hand out one per round. He can immediately have two, but he cannot hand them both out. I think what you do here in a lot of cases is use Jendon as your sort of honeypot and hope people come in to try and do some real harm to That's him. That's a good spy reference, and I like it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so you use that, and you've got your interceptors nice and far away. If they get shot in this situation at all, say your opponent just blitzes for you and comes in nice and hard and fast, and you just don't really get a chance to delay or escape before you get your target locks handed off. 
you can stay at a distant range, you get a lot of evade dice, you're double actioned up, and then you can use your two turn to clear out your stress and get to the outside arcs with boost and barrel roll. And you still have a target lock sitting on those interceptors. So they get that early arc avoidance with target lock to augment their shot. If you can do it right, yeah, absolutely. If you can, yeah. There's options there. I, I dig the squad. I like the way that two interceptors works. They're very hard to chase down. Mm -hmm. Very difficult to kill. It's a little light at 16 hit points, but I think mm -hmm. it packs a hell of a punch, and it can spend a lot of time out of This danger. is actually the question I was going to post really quickly, and this is my only thoughts I have on this squad, because I love this squad. Um, because everything involving shuttles and interceptors sounds awesome, because I want them to be good. Um, pole, shield upgrade, stealth, device. What is the best upgrade in what order in your opinion? I'm going to give mine first just to give it out. I believe personally it is shield, it is whole, then it is stealth on most peop on most ships. What do you guys think? I I like shield whole stealth as well. The reason being shield beats whole because of its ability to soak a crit without hurting you in a bad way. Whole is a little over uh, stealth, same as shield, because I, I like guarantees. It's a personal preference. There's an argument to be made that stealth allows for a bigger potential of avoided damage, but I don't like playing to potential if I can avoid it. Scott? I think, for me, I, I mostly agree with you guys. Uh, I, I like stealth over hull. Um, but I, I, you know, I can go either either way on that. The Stealth I would prefer on Suntir over Hull, because Suntir gets that extra focus and evade. I see, I see him being an even harder target with four defense. But, you know, I, I definitely understand that getting that Hull. I've seen, I've seen those intercept, interceptors get one-shotted, and, and you're right. It, it's, just, it's painful to watch, because you're like, ah, it ruins he's Christmas. gone. He's gone. Well, Scott, yeah. you do have an interesting uh, squad that you have uh, decided uh, that we should take a look at. At least you find interesting is uh, tell us about the squad. Uh, I think it's got some interesting upgrades and some things that we probably ought to talk about. Yeah, the one I'm I'm interested in is I also picked this one up off of the TC site. Um, it's by Agent TV. And he has two Royal Guard pilots with Push the Limits, Dark Curse with the Stealth Device, Black Squadron with Veteran Instincts, and Backstabber. Okay. And it's uh, his Sneaky Sixes is what he calls it. Okay. And they're all, yeah, they're all pilot skill six. I, um, I, I like this squad for the synergy of, of having all your guys move on six. I... I like, I find it's a lot easier to fly your squads when they all have the same pilot skill. It just, it just gives you, it opens up some options for you, which is really nice. The, I, I'm not sure I like a stealth device on Dark Curse, um, because he's already not very much of an offensive threat. I completely agree with that. So making him even more defensive, it's just, eh, 
Yeah, he's probably going to be your last guy, but it's not the points-wise in terms of tournaments. If so, what if he's your last guy? It's not that if that if I have an X-wing le left and you have Dark Curse left, I, I'm going to win. I, I've killed more of your ships, uh, so I I kind of want you to shoot at Dark Curse. Yeah. And, and, and totally. waste your shots. Totally. So, it, so am I, I crazy that the, I'd rather have Dark Curse, or I'd rather have Mauler Mythal than Dark Curse as far as drawing a shot to get away from those Royal Guards? Yeah, yeah. I, I understand why he's going with the theme of the sixes there, so, you know, I, I think I would drop Dark Curse, though, and, and go with, uh, with the Black Squadron, with the second Black Squadron. Yeah. Uh, so you well, have you have two okay. two black squadrons with veteran instinct yeah, sure. and backstabber, and so you you now have four points to play with, and I'd give the two royal guards targeting computers. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you have four. So points? now you got. Yeah. yeah. So you split. You, you give them each targeting. Because if you're out of if you're out of arc, it's it's target lock focus and it's go time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, that's dirty. Oh. I like that modification a great deal to that list. Ooh. Actually, I think I think that brings it more in line. Uh, Dark Curse is is one of those those pilots. I, he's he's too defensive in, in some ways. I completely like agree with that. In almost every list, I'd rather have I'd rather have Backstabber than Dark Curse. Of course, Backstabbers are the, already there. So what do you do? Yeah, I'll say this yeah. much: in games to completion and not time, where points are a deal, of course you have to make it to that point in tournament play, which is the problem with having Dark Curse. This list has some very annoying closers because you've got those Royal Guards that have probably been arc dodging all game, and Dark Curse, which is just a pain in the rear to shoot at any point in time. Plus, you're not going to shoot him over the Royal Guards or Backstabber, for that matter. You might so shoot you've got some. You'll probably try and shoot Backstabber first, if you can, or the Royal Guards. Personally, I'd go after the Royal Guards and just let everything else do what it does and pray. It's really your only... It's your best option. You don't want to eat Interceptor attacks and then have to deal with them in-game. They're terrifying in the in-game. But yeah, this list into completion has great closers. Like, Dark Curse is annoying as hell in completion games. Yeah, but I, I don't know if he's what you... I, I don't know if that's where I want to spend those points. I agree. Those, those, ni those 19 points could be moved around a little bit. Um, but I think I, I really do like this list uh, for for the, all the sixes... Uh, it, you know, we're the meta. Yeah. The meta is 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 changing. You know, yeah. the the PS war is is in full. It full is. Swing. It is in full swing. Um. All right. Well, I did pull one from the Fantasy Flight forums. This is from Sable Griffin. Sable Griffin. Um. The I'd say if there's not one person who loves the shuttle more than me, it would be Sable. It is either him or me, and I think that we would have a very kind of weird love-off with the um, Lamb to Shovel. Um, but let's just not even go. Yeah, there. let's just just like <laughs> let's just let's just go ahead and dump that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, he submits um, Cat Scarlet with expert handling and Rebel Captive, um, Lieutenant Laurier, and I think this gives us a good opportunity to talk about Laurier and his ability and then and 
an, an Omicron with uh, fire control, gunner, intelligent agents, and engine upgrades. So it's a um, it's a version of a buzzsaw. How do we feel about that? I, I like the intelligent intelligence agent on there for Laurier is is you know because one of the things he doesn't get that he doesn't have the elite pilot skill so you can't double up actually so it works against higher higher against higher pilot skill you're gonna know yeah it's gonna give you a chance to maybe barrel roll to either block or you know they're gonna end up in a certain spot so now you can you can use your barrel roll to uh, a better effect. Okay. And I, I kind of like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that's a nice fit there. There is some good synergy there, although I worry about how frequently you'd use it. Yeah? Yeah. How many points is Lurier? He rings in at 23 points. 23. And Sabres are 21. So who do you shoot at first? Which one of these ships is the is the threat that you would you'd want to take out? First? If you had to, it'd be Kath, wouldn't it? I, I think if you can focus down Kath, yay. I, I think honestly, if you get an opportunity to kill Lorier, just go ahead and do it. Or or I guess it's all good targets. That is a thing that we need to consider. Is an all good targets list is good. That is yes. true. And the Omicron, you can't ignore it out there by any means because it'll it's, cause you some a, serious it's a problems. Buzz, it's a buzzsaw. A buzzsaw will kill you. Yes, it will. Over and over again. Because you'll have target yeah. lock and either a closer attack or focus. Yeah, I kind of dig it because of that no good target situation that you deal with. I do yeah, like that and you, decision. And you really don't want a barrel rolling cath with a rebel captive on there. For, for, the, for the last. If last you get year. rid of Captive and Lurier and Intelligence Agent, how much better can you make that Interceptor? And I don't know the numbers. How much is Lurier worth? Lurier is 23. And Captive is worth 3, so we've got 26. 26, 27. 27. You could put, uh, put in the Royal Guard. With Can you put um, Push the Limit? Yeah. That's 25. All right. Like, here's the question in this list. Would you rather have Lurier and Cat Scarlet with Rebel Captive, or would you rather have the Royal Guard with Push the Limit? What I like about Cat Scarlet with Royal, with Rebel Captive is, you know, like, like Scott said, you, you don't want to leave that till the end. But it almost forces you to, because if you start stacking up stress and you have... Uh, Lorier and a buzzsaw standing next to you. Serious problem. But isn't uh, isn't the Royal Guard the bigger problem though? Like, isn't that a scarier problem than Lorier, leaving Cat to live longer? It's kind of six and one half a dozen, and the other is what it feels like to me. One of them feels like encouraging you to fire that the interceptor. I mean, I, I like this because it's so many varied good targets. Mm -hmm. um, you almost don't want to go after Lurier because he's not all that great in the face of Cast Scarlet and this Buzzsaw Omicron, which almost encourages him to go after the Omicron, giving Lieutenant Lurier to get, do whatever the heck he wants to do around behind the enemies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see. Yeah, Scarlet, you don't want to shoot and stack up stress. If you do, it's going to be easier for Lurier to position in behind. I, I like that dynamic. I can see where the, uh, what 
was the person's name? Sable. Sable, Sable Griffin. Sable Griffin. I can see where that person is going with this. So you could, another option, you could drop the rear and the intelligence agent and get a push-to-limit saber. That's not bad either. You know, I do like that a lot, actually, because it's pretty much the same situation again. Would you rather have Lurier or Push Limit Saber? And I'm going to tell you, I'd rather have I'd rather have Turtle if I need it. I'd rather have Turtle if I need it. I think I'm going to agree. Yep. I I want to like Lurier, and I want to. I'm going to play him at some point because I think he's fun. But I don't know how competitive he's going to be. We also did ask for Ace's list, so, you know. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I do kind of like the say I like the list. I, I like the Saber in there a lot, though, too. But. That does, yeah, that doesn't change the fact that it's actually a pretty strong list, if you think about it that way. Yeah, I mean, that's a really... Whenever you're just doing minor tweaks, it, it's a solid list. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not... It's a good combination of ships. Well, um, it's about the end of the Scumming and Villainy podcast um, episode. I want to give each of us a quick opportunity to give some shout-outs, some to things we wanted to talk about. Um, bring up whatever you want to talk about. we got uh, a couple of minutes uh, per each person. Uh, Scott, uh, what's going on? Yeah, there, I got contacted by um, a guy, Chad, over on a few maneuvers, and and he is running a tournament, an X-Wing tournament for charity. And it's going to happen on March 29th. And it's, it's for the American Cancer Society. So, you know, it's a, you, you donate some money, you, you play some X-Wing, and have a great time for a good cause. And you know, I think that's awesome. And you can find out more information on that at A Few Maneuvers, or I think he has xwing.org. So you can... You can go there and, and check out his site and, and find out more info. Gregory, um, uh, what's going uh, on with you? Um, what are you excited about? Uh, you got a two-minute uh, soap opera or soapbox, whatever you have you. Uh, I, I won't soapbox too terrible much. Or I'm, soap opera, please. <laughs> or soap opera, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I can yeah. do two parts. It's been too long since the improv days. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, no, I, I'm excited for the upcoming store championship, and again, regionals in Omaha for us is going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm looking forward to a lot of that. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to take the last two minutes because I feel like I deserve them. Um, did, did you write something? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> and I appreciate that, and thanks for the plug. I did... Uh, write a defense of the Lambda shuttle. I cannot believe for the life of me that uh, it, it, it it scored so low, and I truly do believe that it is one of the four best ships in the game at the current moment. I'm kind of worried to see what it's going to be later, but I mean, with the, with the Ion Pulse missile, but we'll see from there. Um, I uh, have a game I'm going to be playing with uh, the Bad Wolf. We have it scheduled. He's kind of called uh, the shuttle out. I'm going to take it out. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of what's been going on here. Also, we have uh, in the Kansas City area a 16-player um, league that we're about to start. Um, I'm pretty sure Greg's going to lose every game, <laughs> and I'm very excited about that. I don't think that's how it's going to turn out, sir. 
yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, what do you think your seed's going to be, and we're going to follow you closely? I'm going to seed at number two. You're going to seed at two. Who's one? I think it's either going to be Jonathan or is Matt Baugh in our league? Matt Baugh's in the league. And I think Brandon runs in there. I, I know I'll seed top four, but those are the guys I think I'm most scared of. So you're, gonna, you're saying you're going to be two and one of those guys is going to be one over you? Yep. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just I'm calling the question now. I'm feeling good. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to the Scum and Villainy podcast. My name is Richard White. We're here with uh, Scott Williams, Greg Duncan, and uh, thank you for listening. Well, I'm over, well, I'm over, well, I'm